this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Yo, and welcome to the 84th episode of Lake of Rage, a Pokemon trading card game podcast. I'm your host, as always, Kevin Clementi, a.k.a. Mellow underscore Magikarp. I'm joined today by two very special temporary guest hosts. Joining us for the very first time, we have James Cox. James, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. And also joining us for the first time, we have Drew Kennett. Drew, how are you doing? I'm doing well, ready. I enjoyed the little month break we had, and I'm ready for this new format. We're gonna. I guess I was gonna ask a follow up question to that new format concept, but we'll get we'll get to that stuff in a second. <laughs> so in a second, I'm gonna have both of my co-hosts introduce themselves because if you've somehow never heard of them, uh, you should. They're both incredibly good players, and then we're gonna get into the LAIC slash to probably a little bit of Toronto meta discussion because LAIC at the time of recording is in less than a week and Toronto will be a week after that. So we have back-to-back tournaments in this new Silver Tempest format. But uh, James, why don't you start us off? How long have you been playing the game and what are some of your accomplishments in this game? Yeah, so uh, I've been playing... I actually only learned this the other day. I thought I'd been playing six years. Now my dad reminded me of a story of me playing eight years ago. So I probably have been playing eight years since I was 10. Um, uh, yeah, I play, went to some local league then. But I mostly started... Um, I played a bit in seniors. I played like twos in seniors. In my last year of seniors, I got top eight at Worlds. And then so this last season, which was like a three-year season because of COVID, <laughs> was uh, my first season in Masters uh, where I got uh, top 16 at three regional slash special events i got thinking back to the regionals it's always weird yeah i i got a totally fought laic the first one was my first ic as a master and then um got top eight at ocic before getting disqualified uh which was fun and then yeah we had the covid break came back um with like 450 cp um Managed to get like five, like 450 CP in Europe in the last season. I moved from Australia to Europe. That's pretty important. I was in Australia before then. Moved to Europe. Um, yeah, got top 22 and then managed to get top four at Worlds. So, uh, and then day two and some other regionals as well. That's my results. It's pretty darn good. So I have to ask a question that everyone's going to want to know. Harder region, Australia or Europe? Uh, I mean, like, obviously the regionals here are bigger, so, like, you know, they're harder to some extent. I always say, like, you know, the random round one local you play against in Australia is a bit better uh, than who I'm playing against here, but, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to say. No, that that checks out, that checks out. It's one of those, the smaller the player pool, the more scary the tournament tends to be. Mm-hmm. Drew, what about you? How long have you been playing, and what are some of your accomplishments? Well, I've also been playing since I was about 10. However, I'm a little bit older, so that's 19 years ago. Um, so I've been playing for 19 years. Uh, recently uh, won Arizona Regionals in 2017. Um, and then 
one Salt Lake regionals uh, first one back from the COVID break. Um, then pretty numerous top eights. It's been a good uh, return from COVID. Uh, top eighting, uh, getting four top four at Baltimore. Uh, recently top eighting Salt Lake again. Uh, I was really hoping to run that one back, but wasn't able to finish it off. Um, really, this season's kind of just been no one's respected Reggie's for me, so we're good. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't even just Reggie's, though. You can't forget the Arceus Gengar that caught Let's everyone. Let's forget about that one. Let's forget about that one. <laughs> I'd love to forget. I don't know if you remember, but you bodied me around 13, I think it was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, hey, I'm, I'm going to say it was payback for when you beat me when I was playing the Legendary Boat Trio. Oh, no, I remember that because I remember you got the turn to the quick aside. We have to. It was the bird trio. You got the turn to board wipe on like all my Zeruas. And I went Garbotoxin N and just luck sacked into winning a game. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not above admitting that uh, I got a little lucky, but we take those. (laughs) That's why you played it. That's why you played those cards. (laughs) I mean, you're not wrong. Comeback mechanics are really good. (laughs) So we have uh, James is going to be attending LAIC. Drew and I are going to be attending Toronto. So we've got several regionals in the Silver Tempest format that we've all been testing for that we're going to get into. And the first question that is on, I'm 100% sure everyone's mind. People have been asking in my Discord. I've been getting Twitter DMs about it. I assume both of you have been asked about this by everyone. Is Lugia going to see the same meta share and domination that it has seen in Japan? James, why don't you start us off first? What do you think about Lugia in terms of meta share and results? Is it going to see that same level of domination? Uh, I mean, I think the simple answer to this is I think it will. Uh, I think definitely you, you can say we'll have the meta share. Like we've already seen for online tournaments, it's I mean it's already having definitely more like definitely the meta share. Like it's been absolutely like being played so much. Results is more like questionable. Like what like will it do as well as like it's supposed to? Personally, I think it will, like, I mean, this deck is just so strong. Like, whenever you play this deck, like, I mean, it's kind of crazy compared to, like, other decks. Like, you try, you try and, like, on the first day of running Palkia into this deck, it just doesn't stand a chance, so, yeah. So you're, you're, you're pro Lugia, it's going to continue the domination. I think so, yeah. True. I do think so. Agree, Drew? Disagree? Yeah, so, yeah, we, every set, we get these new, new uh, decks, right? We had Mew and Fusion Strike, we had Palkia come out, and they are just supposed to dominate, right? Lugia is going to um, be better than both those decks by far when they were supposed to dominate. Um, and I also think that Lugia hasn't even really been built yet. Um, everyone's playing basic lists, uh, which is great, really consistent, just do Lugia things. But LAIC is going to be awesome because there's a lot of good deck builders going and there's going to be some cool Lugia uh, techs and stuff coming up, I think. So that has to be the follow-up question, because every time I look at Lugia lists, I think we're going to see two distinct styles, and that's the Aurora build and the Colorless build. And I assume you two are kind of in that same boat. Mm -hmm. Which one do you think is going to, I'll say reign supreme, but it could just be more popular or more successful at LAIC? Are we going to see more of the, you know, the Veltal Radiant Charizard plus other stuff? Or is it going to be that straightforward Colorless, here's a Stoutland and a Regigigas, and then just you know, gift energies and all that other good stuff. Drew, which one do you think is going to be the, the bigger deal out of LAIC? Energy, by far. Uh, Amazing Area Battle is insane. 
<laughs> just any matchup that might be close, that card says I win. So uh, <laughs> that card is busted. Radiant Charizard's broken. Everyone already knows that. Um, so definitely the Aurora Energy. James, are you in a Aurora Energy build also? Yeah, I mean, it, it's like the issue is that the uh, the Colors version doesn't really do anything in the mirror. Uh, mm. You kind of just sit there doing nothing while your opponent like attacks you with Zod, and that's not great. So yeah, I, th- I think the struggles that the Colossus version has in the mirror are going to be too much. I've been testing a fair amount of the color list purely because the Aurora, like you said, you know, you pick it up and you're like, this deck's broken. I don't need to play that much more, right? So mm-hmm. I've been trying that colorless version out and it's felt very good into everything that isn't <laughs> the mirror, yeah. like you said. Because, <laughs> like, you still the, the Gigas deletes Mew. So it's the same thing as the Veltal, right? And then you're like, all right, I got the Stoutland to prey on the Combees, which is super fun. But then the Aurora build can play the Stoutland too. So it's like, it's still already there. <laughs> If you're right, playing- yeah, that, that's exactly what you said. The Aurora Energy can play all the same text the colorless version can, but also more. <laughs> yeah, the, the cool advantage of the colorless version is you get to run, like, parts, and you're also a bit more consistent, but, like, yeah, I mean, not being able to win the mirror is kind of bad. So, are Lugias, should Lugias, I guess, be playing Dunsparce and or Manaphy, or is this a we're overly safe in the early stages of the format? People are going to cut them and be a little braver at LAIC. So not if you're playing it, but do you think people will play Dunsparce and Manaphy in Lugia? Do you think they're going to stay, James? Uh, I think I mean, I think they will be cut. I think they're going to start. They're going to start to get cut more and more. I think the Reggie matchup, there's more you can. You don't have to have Dunsparce and Manaphy always and like. Um, you can, you know, do things, but I don't know. I, I, I feel like they will start to get cut more and more. I don't know if they'll get start to cut straight away, though. I think, you know, the average Lugia list for at least a little bit might still play a couple of those. We are still, we are already seeing them start to be cut a little bit online, mm. so we'll see. Drew, you're the Reggie player. It's not do you want <laughs> them to be cut, but <laughs> will they start to be cut? So I will. I think I think uh, I see about sixty percent of Lugia decks. That, that's I'm just going to throw that number out there. So a little over half of them will keep them in uh, Manaphy and Dunsparce. Um, as a Reggie player and as someone who really does not want to keep playing Reggies, I have <laughs> I've not wanted to play Reggie since Baltimore. Um, but no one texts for and no one respects it. Please play them so I can play a different dang deck. <laughs> So do you expect, uh, since Drew, you'll be at Toronto, do you expect them to get cut if there's no, like, lightning stuff in the top cut of LAIC? Do you expect people to actually take them out in that extra week in between the two? Or do you expect people to be like, oh, lightning was bad, and so they're going to expect us to, and so we're going to keep them in? Like, what are your thoughts on that Dunsparce idea based off LAIC results? And I actually think that LAIC will drop those texts more than North America events. North American players tend to be very conservative and very just not wanting to take any auto losses at all. <laughs> um, so they put them in and they'll play, they'll be like, perfect, I can beat Reggie's. Um, I mean, a lot of US players have been playing Reggie's. Uh, Azul, uh, Grant, Caleb, all been playing Reggie's. We all pop forward Salt Lake. So. They know U.S. players like Reggie's, or North American players like Reggie's, and I think that's a little bit different uh, than Europeans who seem to, their tournaments not have Reggie's pop up anywhere. 
<laughs> James, you are familiar with LAIC and the meta because you have been before and been successful before. Does hearing that like NA thing of everyone in NA doesn't take auto losses, which I would agree with. Is that something that you felt before when you've been to tournaments in Latin America? Is it something where you're like, I'm expecting people to play a little more high role, or do you think it's kind of that same idea and that's not just a North American thing? I don't really, I don't really think about that when like going to LAIC. Like, I feel like it's not like a Latin American event. I don't really think of it that differently than like yeah, a European or an Amer or an American event. Uh, in terms of, I definitely, I mean, I definitely when I'm in Europe, I expect less Reggies than, well, I'd expect less Reggies as a deck, because I don't know, I feel like, yeah, those one prize, like, inconsistent decks, we generally don't see over here, um, when I see them, it's, like, not by, like, the best players in the world, so, yeah, I mean, I, I personally have teched for, like, at the last regionals, I teched for Reggies pretty hard, played double charm and still got smacked by it, uh, in Palkia, so, yeah. I don't, I, don't, I don't really know. I don't really know how to answer that. I don't know if either of you listened to it, but uh, listeners who listened to the Lil Meta discussion with Alessandro and Stefan, I asked about Reggie's, and Alessandro was immediately like, I don't touch that. Stefan, you can answer it. And Stefan's just like, I haven't ever played Reggie's. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm the exact same. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's stick with the Reggie then. So originally, I thought it was going to be like, all right, Luke is broken. Mew's clearly broken. We'll get to Mew. And then Reggie's is the number three. Online tournaments have been having Reggie fall off and off and off. Do we think Reggie is going to like make a resurgence at LAIC? Because it was hyped up super initially. And in online tournaments, it is significantly less hype now. Or is that the actual hype? And like, eh, it'll be there, but not really. James, what do you think? Is it like one of those top, top decks like it was in week one of the format? Or is it falling off big time? It depends, like, I mean, the Lugias can all run, te like, could all be running text for it, and then the Reggie's going to do really bad. So, I mean, like, yeah, it will have a good loss box, have a good Katina matchup generally. I mean, it, it still depends. The, you know, the loss box could randomly play in capes, but I don't think they will. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. It'll still have those good matches, but it could just be that the Reggie's, like, in day two hit all the Lugias, or, I don't know, but I think, I think it'll still do okay. I think it's still a good deck. Uh... Yeah, good matchups. Normal Reggie stuff. <laughs> so you're putting it in that, like, it sounds like a tier two-ish of, like, it's fine, you can play it, but it's not going to be, like, super popular. I agree. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'd say. Drew, what about you? Is Reggie's, like, on the decline for good, or is this just a weird online fluke? It's not going to be gone until uh, the rotation happens. Um... Reggie's there will always be an event that Reggie's feels like it's the it's the play uh, when it stops getting respected. If people aren't playing Ice Cube, if people aren't playing Tool Jammers and not playing Mana Fees, if they're not playing those cards, it's going to run the event. Um, and that's what it did in Salt Lake. Um, so there there is definitely the chance of that happening. The thing is, it is pretty easy to beat if you just respect it. It's just how many people were respected on any given tournament day. Um, so I, I put Reggie's four fifth. Four or five. Um, I put it with Giratina. I think those are interchangeable. I think they're about the same tier. They're about the same level. Um, and I put Lost Box above it. It's number three. That's a perfect segue into a question you always have to be asked in a meta discussion, right? What do you think are those top three or top five, depending on which one you prefer? 
but those top three most played decks you would expect in day one of LAIC. That's the big caveat, because day two, is we're not going to bother predicting that right now. But in day one, what are those top three most played decks? Drew, it sounds like you've already thought about it, so give us yours first. Yeah, so I'm Lugia. Um, and then I don't know a lot about the Latin American meta, but I don't know if they like Mew or not. Um, I know Amer North America love Mew. Uh, the people who just love playing Mew. So I put Mew as second, especially thinking about Toronto. It might be interchangeable with Lost Box because I believe Latin America loves playing Lost Box. Um, and then I put three as the other Mew or Lost Box, followed by Reggie's and Tina interchangeable at four or five. James, what do you think would be the top three or five most played decks? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's going to be Lugia, Mew, Lost Box is top three. I think Lugia and Mew, I mean, they're being the most played. I think they're just going to be the best decks from what I've played of both of them. They like both seem really strong. I mean, Mew is way, feels like it's way stronger now with the tool. So, yeah. Let me say, and then I, I, I yeah, I agree with 4-5 Tina Reggie's as well. So. All right, so it sounds like the meta... Because I have the exact same <laughs> where I'd put Mew second, Lost Box, and then I would say Tina followed by Reggie. I, so is this a solved meta? Not solved meta? Is it this predictable? Like, how do you even do anything with this? I guess would be my question. Because all three of us are in pretty much agreement with those top. Are you going to say hard countering is acceptable when it's this predictable? Or are you saying like, oh, you can tech some stuff, but be prepared for other decks to also show up? I think that was a... That was a coherent question somewhere in there. If it's this, if the top five is this predictable, is a hard counter an acceptable play, or should you just tech out one of the top decks? There we go. That's the question. Yeah, well, it depends what you're hard countering, right? I mean, if you can find a deck that can hard counter all of those five decks, then yeah, sure, go ahead. I mean, like, there's Arche there's like decks where like Arceus Duraladon and stuff like that, which is like, you might be respect. But yeah, if you can find a deck that can hard counter all five of those decks, then go ahead, be my guest, play it. I mean, that's that. I'd say it's pretty hard to do. Uh, yeah, those decks are pretty different, so. Yeah, just, just, yeah, I think just being ready for stuff, yeah. Okay, so, if if it exists, run it. Drew, what do you think? Mm -hmm. If if the deck existed, would you say, yes, beating those five is the optimal, don't worry about anything else? Yep, uh, I think Lugia actually was very good for the format in the regards of, Salt Lake had so many decks. Mm -hmm. um, and I say Salt Lake because that was the last regionals I went to. Um, Salt Lake, so many viable decks. We had Palkia, Inteleon, we had Kiram, we had Zorark. All these decks that, I mean, Palkia always good, is always good. But Kiram, Zorark, let's be real, those decks aren't that strong. Um, and now we have Lugia coming in and kind of just beating all those decks. There was 10 Arceus variants you could play. Lugia coming in and making Arceus close to irrelevant uh i always say that and then someone figures out some way to put five, 51 ofs in arceus and do well with it so who knows um but i think arceus variants just got wrecked by lugia uh zorg doesn't have a good lugia matchup kiram struggles with lugia or it's close um so it really made it so there are those top five maybe a sixth deck i don't know what the six would be so if you do find a deck or text that increase those matchups, you want to play it, in my opinion. If you are expecting to win the, win the event, you need to go through those five decks. So as we go through those five decks, there is, and James, you already alluded to it, so we got to bring it up. 
there is a deck that a lot of listeners who are either going to LAIC or Toronto or just are playing in a late night are thinking is broken. Arc Dura, Arceus Duraladon. It should beat Lugia, right? Only special energies. Mew only plays special energies. It's tanky, so it's got the Lost Box matchup. Reggie's only plays special energies. Giratina should be an auto loss, right? Don't talk about that one. But it's got really good matchups in theory against four of the five top decks that we just mentioned. Why is Arceus Duraludon not the play for LAIC? Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about this. So uh, Arceus Duraludon is definitely a good deck, but even against Lugia, like it, it isn't really that good. Like this, if you go second and they like kill kill anything on turn one, it's still like not that great. I mean, you have Eveltal and pa and uh, Vacuum to get through one Parasol, so you can get through one Duraludon. So if you go first, you kill one Duraludon or like an Arceus even. And then you just get through Wonder Aladon. You have so much time to like kill everything. It's not even that bad. And like, even if they go first, they still have to set up two Duraludons with Parasols. Oh, I mean, they don't need the second one with a Parasol. But like, I don't know. It's just it, it, it feels rough then. And like, I mean, it's inconsistent deck. It has issues with Mew as well. It's not great against Mew. I remember like back back in the day at like NAIC. I was farming, uh, I wasn't even playing Echoing Horn, and I was still farming Duraludons, because that deck is not that great, so, yeah, how, that's what I'd say about it. How is Mew beating Duraludon these days? Like, what's... I mean, I'd assume it's just the same as before, like, I mean, the, the deck has gone back to, like, the fusion energies, so, I mean, if you just pu keep punching, eventually they'll miss Hyper Potion or something like that, because the deck is really slow and kind of bad. So it's like just if you have to spam max miracle and you'll still win the game yeah 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 max miracle Drew? yeah i think max miracle and let's say there is still someone playing the double turbo version of mew that deck plays path now <laughs> you still lose um because they play path uh echoing horn if there's Mew still playing that destroys duraludon i also am on the side of lugia beats duraludon probably 70 percent of the time Especially if it plays Amazing Rare Yabettle. Um, like, because Tool Jammer, Yabettle, knockout. Or Lost Vacuum, Yabettle, knockout. There's so many ways to just get around the Parasol, which I think Parasol is a good card right now. It's not, it's, it's realistic to tech for that card right now. Mm -hmm. um, especially if you're playing Giratina or Yabettle or one of these cards that says just take a knockout. <laughs> um, so I think I think that um, not to mention I played Arcturaldon in NIC and I will never touch that deck again. I think it is the most inconsistent deck. I've, I'm not going to say anything uh, rude about that deck, but it is so inconsistent. I will never touch it again. <laughs> it's definitely one of those decks. The consistency factor where you play against someone in a best of three. And they go first, get the turn one Arceus attached, bench double Duraludon, turn two double VMAX, Trinity Nova, and you're like, wait, this deck does that? And then you go play 10 games and you do that one out of 10 games. And you're like, oh, no, it doesn't. I start Duraludon V every single game. So <laughs> I guess that tells you my experience with that deck. <laughs> All right. So no to Arcdura. I would agree 100% too. I played a 1K and I absolutely got clapped in that matchup because I threw so hard on a variety of occasions. And once I like looked back, I played against a very good player playing Arcdura and we talked about it. And she was like, oh, what if you did this? And I was like, 
Oh, yeah, yeah, You know, it was like I played Tool Jammer and I had to research it and it was like a weird if I bench the fish for no effect, attach the Tool Jammer to it and then research, I keep my Tool Jammer and then I win the game. And, you know, it's just like these little things of like <laughs> play the matchup and then it's really, really, really good for Lugia. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So Mew. Random side note. Yeah, please. Fish, very good. Fish, very good at tackle. Oh, hey, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Especially... I don't know if either of you have tried it, but the, like the Sharon's care loop against Lost Box stuff, where you're just like, all right, fish for Sharon's, Sharon's awkward turn into Lugia with a tool jammer on it, and you're like, what are you gonna do? Yeah, it's. Yeah. I don't know if you're teching for Lost Box in that matchup, but I've run into that situation. It's like, oh, this is actually really sick because <laughs> like you That's just actually really interesting. Is there a Eldegoss loop potential with Lugia for something like that? Like bring up Lugia, take a hit, have an air balloon retreat, Eldegoss. Is there? I, okay, I, I haven't tested any of that, but you know, I just thought of it. That sounds kind of cool. <laughs> I know Zora or Cat it originally, right? Because I originally had the canceling cologne, Silene, Eldegoss loop, where you'd have infinite colognes against Mill Tank decks because Mill Tank mm -hmm. sucked, and it was like that worked. So I assume it would work, but I don't actually know because now you need bench sitters that are Archaeopses, but no one plays Boss True. anymore. Ooh. True. <laughs> Wait, that's a great segue. Do you expect? I didn't even think of this one until now. Uh, boss versus Serena. So let's think opponent side. Do you expect them to play more than one or any boss's orders? And which decks would you expect to have more boss than Serena? So uh, I yeah, go for it. Uh, yeah, I expect one boss in decks, and typically only in decks that one either get wrecked by like a Manaphy or something, um, and have to target something like that down, or if the deck plays Cross Witchers. Uh, then I would expect one boss in those. Or no, I would expect no bosses in those. I'm sorry. Um, if they don't play cross switchers, like Lost Box without cross switchers, I would expect one boss in that. James, what do you think? Are decks going to go down to one boss only, no boss? I expect Tina to still probably be playing two boss. Like Serena isn't as good in like Lost Lost Box engine decks. Uh, like not as good is still probably going to see play in Lost Box, but not as much in Tina. They kind of need to boss with their Kramer and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's what I say. But everything else, you know, like maxing out Serena's and playing one boss max, usually, I'd say. Mm -hmm. So if you're playing against a Lugia, you'd expect like one boss and three to four Serena's. Yep, exactly. Okay. Uh, what about Mew? If you're playing against a Mew player, and let's say it's they don't have cross switchers, they haven't shown it. Is it like a 1-1 one -one split of boss Serena? Are we expecting boss only? Are we expecting Serena only? Oh, that's another thing. Yeah, I forgot about Mew. Yeah, Mew's playing high boss in Fusion. They're playing like two to three, maybe one Serena. Like, boss is pretty good for them. They don't really need Serena as much. So, Drew, what are you thinking if your Mew opponent discards a boss's orders? Do you think they have a second one? So, I mean, so you have to see did we also see Pokemon catchers? Um, because Pokemon catchers in that deck, um, then no, it's one boss, one Serena, I would say. Uh, if there's no catchers, then I would say maybe it's a 2-2 two -two split, 2-1 split, maybe two bosses. Um, I know a lot of the Mew lists I see play the catchers, which I would then expect one boss. James, I saw your YouTube video yeah. where you went over Mew. You had zero catchers. Can you sell us on why catchers bad in Mew? Yeah, I've never played catches in Mew in my entire... I played like five, four or five tournaments in Mew, never played catches. 
Oh, I don't know. Catchers kind of suck. Like, I mean, it was we've always uh, had. The, there's always been like just all the Americans play catches and the Europeans never play captures catches. I mean, it's just kind of like you know you can win anyways. Don't need catches. Don't need to rely on that. Uh, this sort of the idea. And I don't know. It kind of feels like a smoother deck when you don't play catches. You know, reducing coin flips. NAIC I played zero coin flips. So you played yeah. no crams. Nah, played four shoe four coin. Oh, how did that work? It wasn't as good as I expected. I, I want to be honest. I had exams before that, so I didn't test enough and just <laughs> threw shoes in my deck. Okay, that makes sense. Because in, in my view, I just like, I'd love for Cram to be anything else, but also 50% of the time that card's broken. <laughs> yeah. It so, is. so while we're on Mew, so again, your opponent flips over Mew. We've already talked about the boss and stuff like that. You're going first. Do you expect them to be playing the Fusion Strike version? Or would you kind of still think, okay, they could still be on the double turbo version? So what, what are you going through your mind? Your opponent flips over Mew and you're going first. Expect Fusion Strike. I think Fusion Strike is just better now. Um, yeah, I think I would always expect the Fusion Strike. And if it's not, then cool. Most decks, <laughs> one Drapion beats the not Fusion Strike version, so that's cool. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I definitely expect them to be play, to be playing fusion energy. Uh, non fusion energy isn't very good. I guess, especially against Lugia, like mm -hmm. they need to be playing fusion energy for that. Yeah, the the Eveltal does kind of. It's hard to go with, with two three prizers when Lugia can Oko two three prizers. <laughs> yeah. All right, so you're automatically playing around the fusion strike. I would agree, 100. percent I'm not. If I'm playing Lugia and I have a Lugia in the active, I'm getting a second one on the bench. If my opponent has a yeah. Mew in the active. That just seems incredibly responsible. Yeah, we're, we're done with the times of being greedy against Mew, I think. <laughs> <laughs> those are good times. Remember remember those, those days? <laughs> you weren't getting donked. It was beautiful. Now they have computer search. Oh, right. right. It's so good. You, like, never miss the turn two. It's disgusting. Oh. I hate it with yeah. a passion. Or... <laughs> I might play Mew at Toronto, full disclosure <laughs> for everyone. Right. I hate it, but also it's that good. Uh, we haven't talked about Lost Box that much. So there's so we mentioned Lugia, there's two variants. Mew's there two Mew, there is two variants as well. I think Lost Box, at least online, there are two variants. We have the Sableye Charizard version, but then we also have this new Mirage Gate version, or quote unquote new, right? It's seeing success now. And we've seen Amazing Rare Raikou in there. We've seen Amazing Rare Rayquaza in there. And then, uh, gosh, there was like Zapdos and regular Raikou. And just there's been a ton of different attackers in the Mirage Gate version. Which one do you think will see more play at LAIC and then even into Toronto? The straightforward, straightforward is the wrong word, but the Sableye Charizard version or the Mirage Gate kind of, you know, Raiding Greninja and whatever attackers they want. Uh, James, which one would you expect more of at LAIC? I think I definitely expect more of the non-Mirage Gate variant. I, I, yeah, it's definitely more straightforward. I, I would say it's more straightforward. And, like, I mean, it's fine against Lugia. It's just kind of a fine deck. But, I mean, the, the Mirage Gate, like, with, a, with like, Amazing Rayquaza, I mean, like, that, that deck, it, it's, like, it comes under one variant to, like, some degree because it's just playing a ton of different energies, but this it literally can go in so many different directions. It's kind of ridiculous. But, yeah, I think I'd expect less of it, for sure. Drew, are you in agreement? 
Uh, yeah, I think LAIC will see the majority of just Charizard, Sableye, not Mirage Gates. Um, I think at Toronto, there will be more Mirage Gate variants. I think it will still be the Charizard variant that's popular, uh, the most popular, but I think we'll see more of the Mirage Gate version because LAIC, usually ICs have just a higher caliber of player. Um, when you have just a regionals, a lot of local people, a lot of just casual players like to go to those. Um, so, dropping an amazing rare Verquaza is one of the coolest things ever. Um, because True. you get to play this terrible card and dominate people with it. So, it's something that's more fun to do, and I think it will be more prevalent in Toronto than LAIC. But I think the Charizard variant is just better. I love how you're saying you get to play this terrible card and body people with it. That's exactly what Amazing Rare Veltal is. <laughs> That card is so satisfying to pull off. I will say, Amazing Rare uh, Ray is the, maybe the most fun I've had. I tried the deck the other day. It's so much fun. Exactly. Or Kyogre, two V-Stars off the bench. That's awesome. That's fun stuff to do. <laughs> the Kyogre is incredibly fun. If your opponent benches the Manaphy too early, you're just like, I, I always win. <laughs> this is <Yep>. so good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I tested the Kyogre deck a lot for Salt Lake, actually. If it didn't lose to just the other Lost Box variant, the straightforward one, it would have been a fine play. But just straight Lost Box is just so much better in the mirror. And it sounds like then, in this situation, where we're expecting it to be everywhere, you're still not still not Kyogre? Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> you hate to hear it. <laughs> so back to it. Play Manaphy. Don't lose to Kyogre. Beat Reggie's. <laughs> Don't, don't lose the one prizers. Make it so I don't have to play Reggie's. I do. <laughs> to go off the Kyogre, I definitely got bodied on ladder by Alugia, who dropped the amazing rare Kyogre against my lost box. Because I was like, I'm not going to prioritize Manaphy yet. And they're just like, all right, board wipe. <laughs> cool. Ooh, that's funny. All right. So we've gone over a lot of those major, major, major decks. Uh, Tina, I assume, is there anything you're really thinking Tina is going to tech that you're not expecting? Going into this format, or Tina is going to look just about the same as we saw, like uh, Alex Shemansky getting second. What a week ago, two weeks ago, not that long ago, right? Are you expecting most people to play like that exact sixty or like forty-eight, fifty-eight of those cards? Uh, James, what are you thinking? Yeah, I don't think it'll change that much. I mean, Blizzard saying online stuff, it hasn't really changed. It's it's sort of in the same. No, yeah, they should play temples. They should play more temples because they need that to stop V God energy. But for the most part, like the engine and everything, you know, it's just around the same. So you're cutting the collapse that uh, Alex played and shoving in some Sinnohs, and you're like, here's my deck. Yep, yep. That's what I'd say. Agree, Drew. I, I actually I agree, but I also think Choice Belt makes its way into Giratina as well. Um, I think Choice Belt's good with Snorlax. It's good with um, Giratina to that 310. So I think I think Choice Belt also makes its way. And I was really high on Giratina when this first set dropped, and I was like, this deck's amazing. Then I actually tested it for the first time, and I'm not. I feel like to win the event, you have to have a lot go right for you. It's definitely, I don't know, one bad chorus can ruin the entire game. <laughs> Or just not seeing chorus, yeah. <laughs> that too. Sometimes you get those unplayable hands that are like, I got all my energy and no Greninja. Yep. Sick. I love this. Yep. James, you said, or you alluded to Palkia being dead earlier. 
if someone is currently listening to this and they're bringing Palkia, are you like, eh, you can still do fine? Or are you thinking like, uh, maybe you should be working on something else for the next week? I mean, like, I mean, Palkia is still a decent deck. Like, I mean, it's been a decent deck for you. Yeah, you, you're going to go in with a really poor Lugia matchup, probably. Mew still isn't great for you anymore because their deck is just more consistent. It was close to begin with, so... I, it's kind of insane that, that Taki's literally just got power crept out of his meta, kind of. But, like, I mean, it kind of has. Alright, so the Palkia players are like, you'll be fine, but, uh, not that fine. <laughs> yeah, not that fine. Uh, oh gosh, what are the other decks? Zoroark Box. Have either of you put any time into Zoroark Box, or am I the only one who has wasted my time? Testing? Oh, I've wasted my time, don't you worry. <laughs> Why is Zorark Box not the play? Because Radiant Jirachin flipping two heads is the only way to actually get a consistent knockout, if you want to call it that. <laughs> that's, a, that's a valid strategy. Throw Glimwood out there, it's a 38% chance. That's pretty good. <laughs> it's 38. I think it is, right? If my math is right. Because it's 25-25. Yeah, 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 yeah. I could be wrong. Yeah, so what? <laughs> So uh, I've never been to an IC personally, so I have to ask both of you, because you've both been, what are some tips you have for anyone going to an international championship? And I guess specifically LAIC, if I, James, you've obviously been to one before, Drew, I'm not sure if you've been to an IC outside of the US, I assume so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sweet. So what are your tips both going to an international championship and also one outside of the country that you are from? Uh, James, why don't you start us off? Yeah, I think the the only thing that's like, I mean, makes it really different from regionals is like your opponents might not be speaking the same language as you. So, you know, you might have, you know, issues there. But I've been, so for personally, like I've been playing in Europe for a bit now. I've kind of got used to stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's basically, it, it really, for me, the experience really feels the same as a regionals. Like when I go, you know, European regionals versus an IC in Really like America or literally anywhere, it just it sort of feels more of the same. Drew, what about you? Any big tips for IC outside of your home country? Yeah, language barrier is a big deal. Um, make sure you're very emphasize everything with uh, hand motions, whatever it is. Um, and then the other thing I would say is consistency with your decks and don't take too many decks with you. Uh, don't take too many cards, don't take too many decks. Take Take a couple decks with a couple techs for those decks. Um, don't get overwhelmed. It's kind of like every other tournament. Um, you just have to... You've tested, right? You've tested before you got there. Don't fall into the trap the night before of changing to something that seems like it's going to counter the meta. So let's make a quick little prediction. If you had to pick the top four... Coming out of LAIC, which decks would you say are incredibly likely to be in top four? And it could obviously be two or three or four of something. But uh, let's go with top four. James, what would you say is the most likely top four to come out of LAIC? I think, uh, I think, lost, I think just, I mean, it's, it's really hard to say that some combinations top five won't be. I, I'd say it would just be double Mew, double Lugia. I'll say that. I, th I think that some of these other decks might fall in the end. 
So I, I think like the other thing with Lugia is like there's a lot you can do and I think uh good deck builders will have a lot of opportunity to like yeah build a really good Lugia list. So there's more likely that something insane comes out of that than like Mew for example it's sort of set in stone. So I think yeah. So are you assuming then we're gonna see like for lack of a better term a spicy Lugia list in that top? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Drew, what about you? If you had to pick the top four, which decks would Say, you see? Say Lugia, Lugia, Mew, Lost Box. Sheesh. So we're really expecting the Mew and Lugia domination this weekend. That's ex- or yeah. next, whatever, whatever the podcast drops, right? The following okay, tournament. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> James, if the people want more from you, where can they find you? Any shout outs? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at PTCGJamesC. Uh, you can find me on YouTube, James CX as well. Uh, yeah, those are the main two socials. Go sell to my YouTube and follow me on Twitter. Drew, if the people want more from you, where can they find you? It'll just be Twitter. So that's uh, at Let's Drew This Twitter. And you'll be able to find both of their Twitters down in the description box of your podcasting app or on YouTube. Myself, you can find me on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Mellow underscore Magikarp. Good luck to everyone going to LAIC. Good luck to everyone going to Toronto. Come say hi to me if you're going to be in Toronto or say hi to anyone who's on the podcast today too. <laughs> let them know you, uh, you heard this. And this has been another episode of the Lake of Rage podcast. Catch you all next week.